This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And a very good Sunday morning to you. We are on camera today, Jessica. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't yeah, know we, that. Finally, we wow. played the stream. So if you if you uh, want to see what's going on in the studio this morning, you can go to WTMJ.com and click the uh, live stream button. And there we are. Uh, Jessica, I, I'm really concerned about this. You know, as, as I've told you in the past, I am into wildlife. You know, we talked earlier this summer with Wyatt about the bear sightings throughout yes. the area. Yesterday, by the way, I crossed the, I crossed the border. I was, I was just over the border in Illinois, and I was driving down 173. I visited a friend. Somebody had hit a badger in the middle of the road. Oh, my goodness. A dead badger. I, I, I had never seen it. I, I kind of almost swerved when I saw it and returned a short time later. It was gone. So either it was just a wounded oh. badger or somebody picked it up. Well, maybe it made its way to the Badger State. <laughs> well, it could have been. But he seemed to be going in the opposite direction, at least from what I could see from the carcass of the Badger. But anyway, I, 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 I got to get back to my point. So anyway, I'm into wildlife. And I just heard this from the DNR this week. That apparently, if you're headed towards Rhinelander around the Shakwamanga uh, uh, Nicolay National Forest, watch out for elk. Yes, and um, here for them as well. Not not just look well, for them, but just, listen for them. <laughs> which I didn't realize that they sounded like this. Now, if that doesn't wake you up on a Sunday morning, I don't know what will. But apparently, elk used to be in Wisconsin until the late 1800s. Yes. And now they've only been back for, I don't know, 20-some years. And people are herding, excuse the pun, towards Rhinelander to watch the elk, because this is the time of year, I guess, where they do their bugle call. And uh, they're they're asking people, if you're in that area, don't block the road and you want to be courteous not just to the elk but to the other people who are watching the elk and and what i think is most interesting they say you have to respect and blend into nature and not overcall the elk I thought that was so interesting because the Forest Service even said um, elk call videos are available online, but please do all that. Do note that you can do respect and blend in with nature and do not overcall them. Yeah, yeah, blend in. So don't wear. Well, they want you to wear bright colors. That's the interesting thing, which usually in the forest you don't wear bright colors. But they want you to wear the bright colors because they don't want you to get hit by cars by other people who are watching elk. And most importantly, it says bring somebody with you. So one person can drive while the other person can yeah. look for the elk. <laughs> and, and it could be like right before sunset and after dark, too. So, well, uh, it might be. A- I don't know how many elk you'd see in the dark. I think they were they were saying that a lot of them are making a lot of noise, like right around oh. sunset or sundown. Oh, is that, oh, so is that it when also they're the loudest? Lo- apparently, that's when they're the loudest. Oh, so this is when you can hear this even more often. Yeah. 
I may head up there next week, and I want to see an that, elk in the wild. It, yes. I, I love it. All right, Jessica's going to be with us throughout the morning. We've got a lot of things going on today, including if you're saving money for your kid or your grandkid's education. We're going to tell you how you can enter a sweepstakes to add to that savings. We're also going to share with you information about a Ride for Recovery event that's going to help women who are experiencing a very difficult time. And speaking of rides, WTMJ Now's Sandy Max is riding solo for a couple of weeks. So, you know, Steve's over in Italy having a great time, I'm sure, having some wonderful food. Uh, But we're going to talk with Sandy about the lineup of some of the special guests and co-hosts that she has joining us while Steve's gone. Um, Also, I don't know if if you've heard this, but the story of Bambi Benbenek is being told in rock musical form, and we're going to have a preview of what you can expect at the Milwaukee Rep as this uh, goes into previews this week. Also, I don't know if you knew Milwaukee is going paperless, but Wyatt Barmore Pooley has the details. Mark Cass is going to be with us. He's going to share who was behind the decision to bring Top Chef to Milwaukee, and I think you're going to be fascinated by this story. Matt Miller's back. He's got September movies worth seeing. Jessica, as we said, is in the newsroom. Isaac's pushing those buttons, including this one. I can't hear that often enough. And in just two minutes, it's Dominic Catronio in sports. I'm Libby Collins. It's 59 degrees at 813 on WTMJ. After a long summer, the day has finally arrived. The Packers are taking on the Bears, and the new era of the green and gold has arrived. Jordan Love will be the quarterback as the Packers kick off at 325 down at Soldier Field. You can watch it on Fox. The new quarterback for the Pack, always dealing with nerves. There's definitely always nerves um, going into any game, um, especially the first game of the season. Um, so I'm sure there will be those, and it's just getting out there and getting your feet wet and being able to relax and uh, you know stay calm. And don't forget, we've got you covered for post-game once the game is all done right here on WTMJ. More football news. The Wisconsin Badgers out west taking on the Washington State Cougars, and it did not go the Badgers' way for the second consecutive year. They fall to the Cougs 31-22. In fact, they were down 24-6 at one point in the first half. The Badgers now 1-1 one one, will return home for Georgia Southern this Saturday at Camp Randall Stadium. Kickoff is at 11 a.m. on Big Ten Network. And the Brewers continue a hot stretch against the New York Yankees with a little bit of chaos on the other side of the diamond. 1-0 pitch. And he hits this the other way down the right field line. Going back is Stanton at the track. It's off the base of the wall. Canna on the run. He's going to be waved around third by Jason Lane. Here comes the throw. It's cut off. On his way to third is Adamas. Now that throw goes up the foul line in left field. And Adamas gets to his feet and scrambles home. It's 2 to nothing, Milwaukee. Lane Grindle on the call here on WTMJ. The Little League homer for Willie Adamas gave the Brewers a 2-0 lead. They would end up winning the game 9-2. It's the second consecutive game. They've scored at least eight runs. They have claimed the series against the Yankees. They go for the sweep today at 12:35. Coverage will begin at noon here on WTMJ. It's an ace-off. Corbin Burns against Garrett Cole. And by the way, the Brewers remain four games clear now of the Chicago Cubs in the NL Central Division with 21 games to go. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Well, the Brewers are ahead of the Cubs. Let's just hope that at 325 today that the Packers can do the same to the Bears. We'll have to wait and see. It's 817, 
59 degrees. We're going to have your full forecast and also coming up, Mark Cass just around the corner on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It's going to be partly cloudy today. We have a chance of an isolated sprinkle or shower. We'll get up to about 74 degrees. And tonight, those showers are going to become widespread, down to 60. Tomorrow, yep, more of the rain. And we may even get an isolated thunderstorm. Uh, Sort of throughout the day, you're going to see some of those showers and 68 degrees for a high. Tuesday looks partly to mostly cloudy with a chance of showers again. 68 will be your high temperature. And finally, the sun is coming. Coming back on Wednesday with a high of 67 degrees right now. In Racine, we have 60. In Oconomowoc, it's 58. Cedarburg, you've got just a little bit of light sprinkles going on out there at 57. And we have 59 degrees at WTMJ at 821. And it's time to check in on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline with Mark Cass. He's the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. It's the Green Bay yes. Packers kickoff oh, today put, against the Bears. You're wearing a Chiefs head right now, aren't oh, you? You're wearing you, a Chiefs head and a number 12 jersey, a number 4 jersey. What are you wearing? I don't know numbers. Math is hard. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, come on now. You can do that. But really, what is the outlook business-wise for the team? Right. First time in, what, over a decade without Rodgers yeah. playing quarterback? Oh, more than that. It's great. And I say this to people often. My daughter, Abby, who's 29, has never seen a starting quarterback for Green Bay other than Barb and Rogers. Oh. Think of that. Wow. In 29 years. So this is the first year for that. And there'll be a lot of eyes on Green Bay. What's interesting, though, is there's still a lot of interest. You're seeing them on big-time games, on primetime games still, all season. So clearly it has an impact. That sponsorship-wise is good. You never have to worry about seats, right? Because all the seats at Lambeau are always full. What I've always said is that the G is much larger than any player. Now, what will be interesting to me is to see what kind of revenue is attached here for the new quarterback with Jordan Love. Will all of a sudden you will see a spike in his jersey? Will we see a spike in other things with his name on it? How will he do? Will he get sponsorships? Will he get shows on the radio? You know, what's going to happen to him over the next few weeks? I think in terms of Green Bay, it's going to be a great year. Hopefully a playoff run. That hurt them last year in terms of their financials, not making the playoffs. So they need to make the playoffs. Hopefully a Super Bowl. I know that's, you know, thinking way, way high expectations, but... You know, Libby, it's the first week, and I can always think Super Bowl, right? Fingers crossed. You know what? Let's stick with sports, because Mark Ananasio from the Brewers is increasing his stake in that soccer club in England. A lot of people are wondering, is this going to have something to do with how people feel about the Brewers' stadium funding proposal? A lot of eyebrows are raised this week. They're not related, but I think people said, now, wait a second. If he can spend the money there, why can't he spend it on the stadium? What I think everybody kind of forgets all the time is the lease that's in place between the team and the state for the operation of the facility, for the ownership of the facility. And I think it's one of those things where it just looks not too good, but hopefully won't have a long-term impact on the stadium debate. I'm hearing more and more now that we're going to see something come out of Madison. It will include a state component, a local component with the city and the county, and it will likely include an increased contribution from the team. So I think that's what's going on. I think the other thing that's not being told and needs to be told more is the impact of the stadium. 49% of the seats sold for the concert of Pink in August were to out-of-state individuals, and that every hotel in the region was full that night as a result of the concert. Now, of course, if you don't have a stadium, that's not happening here. So I think that message has to get out there sooner or later. So I still think it's going to get it done, Libby, and I know I've been saying it for months. I'm going to stick with my line, and I hope I'm not wrong. Let's turn back to downtown with the Marcus Center's parking structure. 
What are they going to develop there? Yeah, this one's going to be interesting for me to watch. This is a high-profile site. I've seen that structure over the years. It's not in great shape. It needs to be replaced. It needs to be upgraded. So now what they're looking at is asking for an RFP, which was an asking for ideas from others in the community as to what should go there, what they want to build there. I expect you'll see some sort of mixed-use project, probably retail. It may have some office, even though office is not real hot now, obviously. You may have housing. I don't know how we can need more apartments here in the city, but it's possible. Or what can be done there? You know, one of the things that I've been talking about, is this the place where we see some sort of grocery store? There's been a lot of talk about a need for a grocery store in the heart of the city. We do have some on the north side of downtown. We don't have much right in the heart of the city or in the third ward. So could this be a grocery store site? Could this be a retail site? We've had talks over the years about could we see a Target show up finally downtown? That would be awesome. I'm just throwing these out there kind of as ideas. We'll have to see. This is a high-profile site, though. It's right on Water Street, right near City Hall. A lot of traffic, a lot of things happening in that area. So I think you'll see a strong proposal there. Just the question is, what will it be? Wait and see. Big news in Kenosha, where Uline is making a $3 million donation for a housing program. Why are they doing that? We've talked about this for years, about how all the jobs are out in the suburbs. They're out in Waukesha. They're in Kenosha. I mean, right along I-94, Uline's been adding hundreds and hundreds of employees. And the problem for them is there's no place for their employees to live near work. A lot of us, like myself, like to live near where we work, and it's hard down there. So what they're doing here is they're doing $3 million of a $6 million effort to have homes for individuals to live in the city of Kenosha, near where they work. But it's this whole idea, again, of trying to allow workers to live near where they work because it just makes it easier. As we try to have all these jobs filled, this has to happen more and more. And I think we're going to see more of it. This is a significant step because it helps them. Finally, my story of the summer and fall. Top chef. (laughs) They've been filming everywhere. summer, next year. (laughs) I see them. I hear about them everywhere. They're eating at Zafiro's. They're at Cops. They're at Leon's. They're at Three Brothers. Yeah, but why have I not been able to find them? I figured you'd be right on the top of the list. I wish I were, but here's the thing. They've been in a lot of places. There's no publicity before they get there. But you have the story in the Business Journal this week about how they ended up in Wisconsin to begin with and who was behind it. Isn't that kind of interesting? It's just fascinating kind of thing about how they end up here. Well, all of us know the Bartolotta restaurants and Paul, who owns the restaurants, well, he got to know them when he was out in Vegas because the show was filmed out there. Yeah, yeah. I remember he, seeing he, him on exactly. an episode, yeah. So he's been talking to them about a few years, hoping they come here. About a year ago, they came here to visit. And where did he take them, Libby? You know where he took them. He took them to cops. He took them to Leon's. He took them on a custard tour. Oh, I love it. And he got them hooked. And they loved Milwaukee. And to me, what I love about this is the energy and the excitement I'm seeing around town. Everyone's excited. Everyone's watching them. You know there's going to be great shots of the city when this is on the air. And I just think it's also a great thing for our restaurant industry because it's going to show off some of that. And it's great for the city. When's the last time we've had a show that's filmed here its entire season? Well, not only that, but this is a quality show. And I mean, a lot of people will be watching it and they are decision makers. They are people who decide, hey, where are the conventions going to be? Where are we going to have our next retreat? And that's what's going to bring business. It is. And it's just great for the city because how many times are they going to show the skyline? How many times are they going to show the lake? That's going to look great on TV. They've been all over the city showing off some of our restaurants. They've been out in Madison. They've been out in Oconomowoc. To me, it's a great commercial for the city and hopefully will lead to other shows coming here, but also others throughout the country wanting to come visit more. And, of course, how many times will Mark Cass make a cameo on Top Chef this season? We'll just have to wait and see. You know, I think... (laughs) How about those Packers? Those Packers are going to have an awesome season. I'm predicting the playoffs, Libby. I... I love it. Mark Cass, it is always good to hear from you. Always good to talk, Levy. I'll talk to you soon. 
It's 827. Our temperature is rising. It's up to 63 degrees in Milwaukee. And uh, coming up in the next half hour, we have Matt Miller here. And he's apparently seen the movie Nun. Is it Nun or The Nun? I think it's just Nun. The Nun. Oh, it is The Nun. Or is it The Nun? But it's Nun. And we'll have none of that. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's what Matt's going to talk about. And also, if there are any other movies worth worth watching as we get into September, that's all ahead in Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, 828. Welcome back to Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. Next hour, uh, we're going to hear about a great organization in, in Oconomowoc. They've only been around for about a year, but they're doing a lot for women who are really experiencing a very difficult time. We'll have more around uh, 9.45 or so. Uh, this week, wow, there was a violent attack that led to an arrest in Madison. A cable company shut showdown and releasing the hounds and so much more it's a week in review brought to you by outdoor living unlimited what we do here is go back 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 back, 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 back. September is National Library Card Sign-Up Month. The Bridges Library System in Jefferson and Waukesha Counties is encouraging residents to sign up for or renew a library card. I find myself at the Target on Miller Park Way, staring at a list of dozens of required school supplies. For one kindergarten student, you'll be spending $150. That's the least expensive grade level. So here's why I'm never having kids. Police investigating after a student around UW-Madison was attacked early Sunday morning. We definitely, like, would walk by ourselves sometimes, but now it's kind of like, not doing that ever again. I walk home at night. I, I prefer to walk. That's, like, my method of transportation. So I We'll have to figure out a different method of transportation. Madison police have made an arrest. 26-year-old Brandon Thompson was booked into the Dane County Jail on Wednesday. This case will not be complete until this cowardly attacker receives the justice that he deserves. One person dead this morning, another in critical condition. A car plunged off a bluff in Sheboygan. Vince, Sheboygan police saying this morning the vehicle was near 3rd and North. Driver failed to negotiate a curve. The car left the roadway and came to a stop at the bottom of the cliff in Lake Michigan. In Madison, we have one in the hospital after a dock plunging, a pier collapse into Lake Mendota. Should we swim back? We have all our things. Everyone's just standing here. Like, it was like everyone froze. United Airlines has a big issue and a big issue for travelers. The airline having some sort of computer problem preventing all United flights from around the world from taking off. United planes are lined up on taxiways waiting for the green light to go. It's an entirely different different kind kind of flying. Picked the wrong week, quit sniffing blue. Disney, ESPN, and Charter Communications are in the middle of a corporate dispute. ESPN cannot be seen on the cable system here or the ESPN networks. You know the saying, follow the money, right? I mean, that's what this is. If I were a betting man, I would say that this might be prolonged. You got younger kids, Michelle. Is Doc McStuffin still a thing on Disney? Oh, well, not for my kids. You know, what's what's, what's <laughs> no. she got to say about this? <laughs> have, have any com- Somebody get Doc on the phone. Right. No comments from the McStuffins group over there. The Pet Rescue team is on it. All 19 defendants, including former President Trump, already telling the court they are not guilty of Georgia election interference charges. The Fulton County Superior Court judge will now hear arguments on separating some of those combined cases. 
places. Police threatened to let the dogs out to catch these suspects. Don't make us release our canine. Except they didn't have any dogs on scene. We'll do it live. So a deputy quickly <laughs> improvised and provided no. the bark. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, yeah. Scooby-Doo on you. <laughs> Remember, go back. Ruh, ruh, Raggy. We'll split up and try to make as much commotion as possible. <laughs> Former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio going to prison for 22 years after orchestrating his far-right extremist group's attack on the Capitol. Man from Washington County now been charged in connection with the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol back in 2021. The state Democratic Party is launching a $4 million effort to pressure Republicans not to impeach new liberal state Supreme Court Justice Janet Protasiewicz. Justice Rebecca Bradley has called for Justice Protasiewicz to recuse herself from a case on congressional district lines. If Justice Bradley can maneuver a way for Justice Protasiewicz to be disqualified, then all of a sudden we'd have a 3-3 Supreme Court. When someone wins an election, they shouldn't be removed by an unconstitutional impeachment. It is our pleasure to welcome Senator Tammy Baldwin. This is a distraction for the legislature from doing the important work on behalf of Wisconsinites that needs to be done. Officials say 34-year-old Danilo Cavalcante escaped from Pennsylvania's Chester County Prison. At 8.51 a.m., Cavalcante escapes from the prison, having crab walk up a wall, push his way through a razor wire, run across a roof, scale another fence, and push his way through more razor wire. Shotgunning this man's butt crack. Ladies and gentlemen, The Weekend. And The Weekend Review is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. That temperature is 63 degrees. It's 840 right now in WTMJ. Coming up, Milwaukee going paperless. We'll give you the story. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Partly cloudy today. We've got a chance of an isolated sprinkle or shower. Looks like tomorrow even we've got a chance of a thunderstorm. Today, 74 for a high. Tomorrow, only 68. Looks like there's a little bit of drizzle going on right now in Brookfield. It's 60 degrees. Port Washington has 61. Oak Creek's at 61. And we have 60 degrees at WTMJ at 843. And the Milwaukee Common Council is now fully committed to the digital age. WTMJ's Wyatt Barmar Pooley goes inside. City Hall. The last session of the Milwaukee Common Council was one of the highest profile in years, highlighted by the passage of the sales tax increase. On the passage of item 75, 12 ayes, 3 noes. 12 ayes, 3 noes, the matter passes. But for City Clerk Jim Ozarski, who called the roll on that vote, it was monumental in more ways than one. It was a, a really, really strong desire on our part to make this whole thing paperless. And for the first time, this last Common Council cycle, none of it was paper. Ozarski tells WTMJ that while lots of extra eyes were on this particular session, it wasn't unique in terms of volume. Every law, every resolution, ordinance, communication becomes a file. And those files are how it does its business. Those files since the founding of the city in January of 1846 have been in paper. He says a typical session generates around 100 to 150 files with around 1,500 to 2,500 per year. Now it's all online in the Milwaukee Legistar system. That process has been ongoing for years. It was started by Ozarski's predecessor. The city clerk, Ron Leonard, he was really a, a pioneer of creating 
legislative tracking software. It didn't exist at the local level. He helped design it, and that became our Legistar system. There are significant environmental benefits to the change, with between 30 and 40,000 sheets of paper saved per year. We have saved enough paper to create a stack of paper as tall as City Hall is. Ozarski says they're proud of that, and it's also helping save money and effort for city staff as well. We had a budget line in my budget for open records requests just responding and having to copy things, having to send things from my office about legislative files. I don't have that line item anymore. Nobody does that. Not only that, there's space saved too. While I was visiting, Ozarski took me into the old storage room on the second floor of City Hall, where they would store seven years worth of files. This super secret and cluttered area used to be entirely filled with common council files, this entire space. With all that gone from the physical space, but uploaded into the cloud, Milwaukee city government is more accessible than ever. Is it right that you can see pretty much the entire legislative process online now? Absolutely. No doubt in my mind that this is now the first place people go for information about their government. If you're curious about what's going on in your city, or want to be involved in the process, and maybe can't go to meetings, or you simply don't know what to keep up with, the Legistar online system is there now to help answer your local government questions. At Milwaukee City Hall, Wyatt Barmore Pooley, WTMJ News. 63 degrees at 845. You're a minute away from Dominic Catronio in sports on WTMJ. The day is finally here for the Green Bay Packers, week one of the 2023-2024 season, down in Chicago against the Bears at Soldier Field. Kickoff is set for 325 on the new season and the new era. Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback for the Packers. Of note, Romeo Dobbs is listed as questionable with a hamstring, but Christian Watson is out due to his hamstring. As for Jordan Love, his development has been a story for the last few years of camp, and here he is, ready to take the reins in 2023. Obviously, just being behind Aaron, um, seeing him work for three years, and then just growing in the offense. I think, you know, first year, my rookie year, there was a lot of learning on the fly. And when I first got here, it was just a lot of, you know, thinking. My mind was spinning a lot. So it would have been, been a lot to go out there and, and start week one. But, but I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, to be able to sit and learn. I learned a lot over those three years. The Brewers had to deal with a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay before game two of their series with the New York Yankees. The wait... Didn't hurt, but it was a late-arriving offense once again. Tyrone Taylor in the eighth inning with the big blast. 1-0 pitch. Line down the left field line. That's towards the corner, and it is gone. A home run. Tyrone Taylor pulled the hands inside on a 97-mile-an-hour sinker, and he puts it out. Jeff Levering on the call here on WTMJ. Of the six homers now for Tyrone Taylor this season, Three of them have been tying or go-ahead homers in the seventh inning or later. The Brewers end up winning the game 9-2 despite that solo homer, and they have now won the series against the Yankees. The finale of that series is today at 12.35 right here on WTMJ. Coverage will begin at noon with the On Deck Show. And the Wisconsin Badgers did not have a great day out west in Pullman, falling 31-22 to the Washington State Cougars. They now fall to 1-1 on the season. As for the rest of the Big Ten, no upsets for the conference. Number two, Michigan dominates UNLV 35-7. Ohio State over Youngstown State 35-7 as well. Penn State dominated Delaware 63-7. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dom. It's 8.50 or 8.49 on WTMJ. Looks like we're going to get some rain today. It'll be scattered throughout most of the day, and then by tonight, you're going to see it 
pretty much all over, and it will continue until tomorrow. 74 for a high today. It is 63 at WTMJ, and we're coming up to just a couple minutes away from Matt Miller. What movies shall we watch in September? He's going to tell you all about it on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Uh, September rain. Now, right now, it's scattered all over the place, uh, sort of isolated, but it's going to get a little bit wider spread this evening. And then tomorrow, we may even have a chance of a thunderstorm. Today's high 74, tomorrow's high 68, and right now, 63 degrees at WTMJ. And it's time to check in with our own Matt Miller. And Matt, of course, is on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline, and he's the media critic and pop culture editor at OnMilwaukee.com. And things have sort of calmed down for you. You're back from your honeymoon, Matt. And uh, I would assume you're just, uh, you know, getting into that September mellowness and and just watching a few quiet films that aren't going to be stressful. So about the nun too. <laughs> is that is 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 that just one of those really calming films? It's about a couple of nuns in a convent or. Well, yeah, you, you describe yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I remember the sisters when I was when I was in school, and how you know they always had that coming influence on us. Yeah, it's basically like ASMR in movie <laughs> form. It's very relaxing. Not much. Definitely no murders or bleeding going on in this horror movie. Um, so yeah, the Nun Two has come out this weekend. That's the big new release. Uh, getting ready for spooky season. Uh, and I will say, the first Nun is trash. is a very bad movie. Made a ton of money its opening weekend, but that was before anyone saw it. And, and then everyone saw it and was like, "This movie's not very good." And the Nun Two is technically better. I will say it is. Well, it how is much better is it though? Not much. It is technically better, but I would not say it is a significant improvement. Uh, the plotting is still very silly. It's not as scary as you want it to be. And it it does something that all these kind of conjuring movies do, which is they overload themselves with villains and things. So not only do you have a spooky nun in the nun too, but now there's like a goat monster running around. A what kind that of monster? Deeply- Say that again. A what? Monster. A goat. A ghost monster. Imagine a goat, but also a monster. Oh, he's a goat ghost. Ghost. Oh, okay. It's like a goat ghost monster. (laughs) And it's not scary. What? 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 What relationship would a goat have to a nun? Well, a goat is the representation of the devil in Uh, some artworks and things uh, like that. So there is a basis for it, but not in this movie particularly. (laughs) It just kind of feels like the movie's throwing things at the wall and being like, are you scared of this goat monster? Maybe this will freak you out? Uh, And the answer is no, it will not freak you out. So it's better than the last Nun movie, but that's not saying much. Honestly, if you're looking for a spooky movie for Halloween... I would wait out, you know, until we get a little closer and hopefully some better horror movies coming up. Otherwise, else, you know, plenty of good classics to stream on I, Peacock and Netflix and all over the place. I, I, I'm just trying to think, you know, for people who went to Catholic school, 
you know, especially back, way back when there were a lot of nuns there. And um, almost everybody I know has at least one nun horror story. In my case, it was Sister Horchelana, uh, who literally would pick up boys and throw them into the wall. But uh, I digress. But the thing is, that seems like that was a more effective horror film in real life than what you're describing now. Yeah, I, I think those stories of, you know, childhood education and getting the, the knuckles wrapped by a, by, by a ruler probably a little bit more scary than the nun too. I, I really think I've had enough of these conjuring movies. They've been fun. The original conjuring movies are still very good little freakouts, but all these spin-offs and this weird conjuring universe they're trying to make just making me more scared to see the next installment because of quality reasons, not because of scary reasons. Yeah, you're, you're frightened that you're going to have to go and see another one of these. All right, so is there anything coming up here in September that's worth seeing? And I guess with the actors and writers strike stretching out months and months and months, are they holding back films kind of because there's not going to be a whole lot of content as you get into spring? Yeah, so we have seen some big movies get pushed back. We saw Dune Part 2. That's easily the biggest movie that's been nudged back. That's coming out next spring now. Um, I I don't think we will see much more movement on that regard unless things really continue to drag out, which they will for a little bit longer, I think. I would imagine things will begin wrapping up, hopefully by Thanksgiving or Christmas, but I think people thought this might wrap up sooner before as well, and that hasn't happened. But we do have some movies coming out this month. Uh, September is now traditionally kind of a dead zone now Mm -hmm. for movies, but there's still some decent stuff out there. There's The Haunting in Venice, the new Hercule Poirot detective story that looks spooky. That that has Tina Fey in it, doesn't it? It does. Tina Fey, newly crowned Oscar winner Michelle Yeoh is in that. Kelly Riley from Yellowstone is in that. Really, really impressive Beth Dutton is in it? Wait a minute. Did you say Beth Dutton is in this film? Uh, I believe so, yeah. <laughs> we Okay, you know, I, every woman I know has like an inner Beth Duth, Dutton. So I would think that in <laughs> itself is <laughs> it's going to be worth seeing. And the buzz on it is actually pretty solid, and it's interesting. So the director, Kenneth Branagh, one of his famous kind of uh, faux pas is that the the guy loves over-directing the heck out of movies. All of his movies have too many Dutch angles and too many weird shots that you're like, what are you going for here? But this is kind of more of a horror-inspired kind of murder mystery story. And so that kind of, you know... Super Dutch angle, super canted angle, weird-looking camera style actually kind of fits. So I think this might actually be the perfect marriage of material and filmmaker. So I'm actually quite looking forward to that one. We have a new Expendables movie coming out, but you asked for good movie recommendations, so I'll just keep moving on past that. Uh, And then at the end of the month, one that I'm actually quite excited about is called Dumb Money. And it is a uh, movie about the GameStop stock story. Oh, if you remember that from a few I years back. I sure do. My son actually yeah. invested at that time. Yeah. And so they made a movie out of that from the guy who directed I, Tanya, the Tanya Harding movie that got nominated really? for several Oscars. So 
I'm very intrigued by that one. It's got a pretty good cast behind it as well. You got Paul Dano. You got uh, everyone's least favorite person, Pete Davidson, but we won't hold that against the movie. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, but you also have Nick Offerman, uh, Seth Rogen, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. It's a really kind of cool cast. I haven't heard a ton of buzz around it, which might just be because of, you know, the writer's strike and the actor's strike keeping buzz at a minimum for a lot of stuff. Uh, and also, maybe the movie's not as good as it wants to be, uh, but it's a fascinating story. I'm interested to see kind of how all these cast members come together and I'm hoping it's kind of a good lead into official Oscar season. Oh, I hope you're right. Matt Miller, always great to hear from you. He is the media critic and pop culture editor on Milwaukee.com, and you can check out all of his reviews and columns there. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's 8.59, and when we get back after the news with Jessica, Sandy Max from WTMJ uh, now is going to be joining us and... Uh, Boy, wait until you hear her lineup for this week. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And welcome back to our second hour. A little bit later on, we're going to hear about uh, Run Bambi Run. I'm really looking forward to seeing that play. It is a story about Bambi Bimbenek. Um I, I, I know that's way before your time, Jessica, but the interesting thing is that it, it, the Milwaukee rep is putting it on as a rock musical with music but, um, from uh, Gordon Gano from the Violent Femmes. So that is one I think a lot of people are going to be talking about. Yes, that is exciting. Yeah, and, and, and somebody who knows music very, very well is our own Sandy Max, who, of course, is from WTMJ now. And uh, Sandy, I mean, you, you spent a lot of time in music radio, and I know you're really excited about Bambi Bambenek and the, and the musical. I'm very curious about it. It's, it's true crime is such a huge genre in all forms of entertainment. So to now adapt this real life story into a musical is a very interesting approach. And I do love that it is Wisconsin and Milwaukee through and through by using Gordon Gano of Violent Femmes to create the music, plus make it a rock musical. So I'm very curious about it. I'm very curious. I think a lot of people are. Well, what we're really curious about is Steve Scafidi, uh, your co-host, is out of the country. He's in Italy. He's having pasta and pizza. And I I, I wonder how much he's going to... I, I wonder how much he's going to uh, gain in terms of weight by the time he comes back. Because <laughs> I'll if tell you. If he's doing it right. Yeah. If he's doing it right, then five or ten, don't you think? Nothing like a great food tour of Italy. But you're going to be riding solo here, uh, well, what, for almost the next two weeks. And you've got a great lineup of co-hosts. I know on Friday you had Toya Washington, who, of course, we know very well from television. And you've got some other people coming to join you this week as well. Well, Steve Scafidi has big shoes to fill. So, you know, nothing but the best for him. But uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting to kind of think, who can I share the space with that mover, shaker, storyteller that can give us some perspective of their experience, but also what's going on in Milwaukee and Wisconsin. So uh, the first guest host for tomorrow is our WTMJ teammate, Bob Brainerd. Oh, he is, you've seen him sports casting on sure. TV throughout the years, and he's very involved in Wisconsin sports of all kinds. And Bob's a longtime friend of mine. 
Uh, he taught me how to do public address announcing for Marquette Volleyball Wisconsin and Women's Basketball nearly 20 years ago. So You're I've known kidding. him for a while. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure he's going to have some insight after the game today as far as what to expect this season with the Packers now that we're going to see Jordan Love's debut. It will be the very first Monday morning quarterback show tomorrow morning at 9. So that was one of the reasons in particular I wanted to have Bob uh, share the space with me. And uh, Brandon Snide will join us with insights and opinions on the game. I'm going to bring stories from the viewing party that I'm going to this afternoon. Since I don't know the X's and O's as well as the guys do. (laughs) But, you know... Yeah, those reactions uh, in real time from the party, I think, will be good. But uh, well, well yeah, I, I hope you're gonna. I hope you're gonna share what you eat because there's nothing like the food <laughs> at a at a Packers viewing party. I agree. I think a lot of people take pride in their chili, so I'll be interested. I'm. I plan to go to a block party in Washington Park with uh, one of my best friends from college. So I, I will definitely report on that and bring the <laughs> bring the flavor literally to Monday morning quarterback tomorrow. But you know, tomorrow is also September 11th. So Bob and I will share some observations and remembrances of that, and obviously welcome WTMJ fans to share in that because that was an important pivotal date in our American history. But I'm sure Bob will also have thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' first game with the Jets for Monday Night Football. And I want to talk to him about Coco Goff, who just won oh. the U.S. Open. Um, so, yeah, woman power. Let's see it. Only you know. 19 uh, years old, too. Yeah. Just a yeah. kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, what, what does the rest of the week look like? We've got Susan Varela, Skylight Music Theater Executive Director, on Tuesday. She is a smart local business owner in the Wisconsin cultural arts scene, a Greendale gal. She's performed on Broadway and now is really bringing some interesting productions to Milwaukee's Third Ward with really high-caliber talent, including a veterans benefit that's going to benefit the Gary Sinise Foundation later this month. So, um, And she told me that she gave birth on national TV. What? So she's going to save that story for Tuesday. Oh, no. oh yeah. I, I think we all want to hear that one. <laughs> and then Andrea Williams will join me on Wednesday. She's the TMJ4 News specialty reporter. She spotlights community stories. And I've known Andrea for about 20 years. We work together at other radio stations. She and I both grew up in Louisville, so we have that bond. We grew up dancing. I was the original Milwaukee Brewers in-game host, and she became the original Milwaukee Bucks in-game host. So we got some history, and she's done public affairs reporting really for two decades and has a deep knowledge of Milwaukee and will bring her stories. And she's just a classy lady. She's fun. Oh, listen, well, we will be listening again. It's all week. Steve Scafidi on vacation, but Sandy certainly holding down the fort. And wow, what a great line. And that's only the first three days. I can't wait to hear what's happening after that. Yeah, well, Thursday, Brian Noonan, Friday, Sarah Pankeri of Summerfest. And the last Monday that Steve's out, Peggy Williams-Smith, President and CEO of Visit Milwaukee. So bringing you good stories all week long. Sandy, nobody brings it like you do. Thank you so much, Sandy Max. Thanks, Libby. WTMJ Now, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, you be here. Thanks a lot, Sandy, and uh, we'll see you around the station. As always, it's 914. We have 66 degrees at WTMJ. And speaking of sports, you're one minute away from Dominic Catronio. After a long summer, the day has finally arrived. The Packers are taking on the Bears, and the new era of the green and gold has arrived. Jordan Love will be the quarterback as the Packers kick off at 325 down at Soldier Field. You can watch it on Fox. The new quarterback for the Pack, always dealing with nerves. There's definitely always nerves um, going into any game, um, especially the first game of the season. Um, So I'm sure there will be those, and it's just getting out there and getting your feet wet and being able to relax and... uh, you know, stay calm. And don't forget, we've got you covered for post game once the game is all done right here 
on WTMJ. More football news. The Wisconsin Badgers out west taking on the Washington State Cougars, and it did not go the Badgers' way for the second consecutive year. They fall to the Cougs 31-22. In fact, they were down 24-6 at one point in the first half. Badgers now 1-1 will return home for Georgia Southern this Saturday at Camp Randall Stadium. Kickoff is at 11 a.m. on Big Ten Network. And the Brewers continue a hot stretch against the New York Yankees with a little bit of chaos on the other side of the diamond. 1-0 pitch. And he hits this the other way down the right field line. Going back is Stanton at the track. It's off the base of the wall. Canna on the run. He's going to be waved around third by Jason Lane. Here comes the throw. It's cut off. On his way to third is Adamas. Now that throw goes up the foul line in left field. And Adamas gets to his feet and scrambles home. It's 2 to nothing, Milwaukee. Lane Grindle on the call here on WTMJ. The Little League homer for Willie Adamas gave the Brewers a 2-0 lead. They would end up winning the game 9-2. It's the second consecutive game. They've scored at least eight runs. They have claimed the series against the Yankees. They go for the sweep today at 12-35. Coverage will begin at noon here on WTMJ. It's an ace-off. Corbin Burns against Garrett Cole. And by the way, the Brewers remain four games clear now of the Chicago Cubs in the NL Central Division with 21 games to go. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. It is 66 degrees at WTMJ. We're going to have your forecast right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, 918. Well, we've had some isolated showers throughout the area this morning, but those clouds are going to stick around and it could Depending on where you are, you might get a little sprinkle throughout the day. We're going to get up to 74 degrees, and tonight the showers are going to become widespread. That's as we get into the overnight hours, and we'll drop down to 60 degrees. Tomorrow, that shower situation uh, will become uh, widespread, along with an isolated thunderstorm. That's going to then scatter out into the afternoon with a high of 68. And on Tuesday, we get to clouds with a chance of some scattered showers, 68 again for a high. Wednesday, though, sun finally comes back, and uh, we'll get up to 67 degrees. Currently in Fredonia, it is 63. Water, Waterford has 62, Palmyra is at 64, and it's 66 degrees with a little bit of that uh, precipitation in Milwaukee at 922. The following is a paid presentation. Advice and opinions expressed during the Sunday sit are solely that of the hosts or guests, and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. I'm Sandy Max, and welcome to this Sunday sit with Steinbrenner Financial Group Financial Advisor and Wealth Manager, Dr. Aaron Armstrong. Good morning. I'm so glad you're here because do we ever feel great about our finances? Don't we always feel like we could be doing something more, something better? Well, I think we all feel that way, but we hope all of our clients at Steinbrenner Financial are feeling good about their situations. Good point. And who is Steinbrenner Financial? We are a full-service financial advisory firm, and uh, we help our clients with all their financial needs, from estate planning through uh, trusts and powers of attorney. We also deal with any financial needs they have. We represent them and can do whatever they need. Are you based right here in Wisconsin? Yes, we are. We're in Wauwatosa, directly across the street from the Milwaukee Zoo, right across from the entrance on Blue Mound Road. That is easy to find. And what do you do, particularly at Steinbrenner Financial Group? Well, I work with our clients to figure out what uh, their needs 
needs are wherever they are in life. So if they're just starting out, uh, we may work on a debt relief plan or work on their 401ks. If they're getting ready close to retirement, we'll work with timing and other issues. If they're in retirement, we make sure that their savings will uh, last as long as they need it to. Any insurance needs they have, anything else, we're there to help. I really love that you start at any age. Like I just heard that, like, ah, do you have debt relief that needs to be helped? Like I was saying earlier, do you ever really feel like you know everything and you're completely set up with your finances? Like you said, you can have the confidence that you are, but there's never too early or too late to start. It's never too late or too early to do your proper financial planning. We all should have estates. We need to manage them. We need to work on our overall position and make sure that we're going to be able to do the things that we want to do and have the resources to do it. In addition to your expertise at Steinbrenner Financial Group, you also have events and you have one coming up soon. Yes, we do. On September 13th, we're doing a a free estate planning seminar. It's going to be up in Menominee Falls, right on the border with Germantown at the Briscoe County Grill Restaurant at the corner of Highway 41 and County Line Road. It's at 6 p.m. We'll go through the basics of estate planning and what everybody ought to have in terms of their powers of attorney and how it all works. A nice overview for people and we will provide light appetizers and it should be a nice time for everyone. Kind of a nice social time to get your finances in order. How is Steinbrenner Financial Group different? Well, we're a full-service firm, and we're also independent. Where other firms or banks uh, have certain products that they need to sell to their clients, they're essentially trying to find customers to buy their products. We represent our clients. We meet with each one individually. We try to meet on a quarterly basis with all of our clients, go through all of their needs, make sure everything's up to date, and really that they're invested where they need to be invested. And we make sure that they have everything they need. You mentioned quarterly check-in. I think that's so important because I think a lot of times somebody gets all gung-ho and goes, okay, I'm going to get my finances in order and then maybe check them once a year or just kind of assume it's all going fine. So that really caught my ear. Absolutely. And that's really one of the main reasons that Steinbrenner Financial is different. All of our clients know us personally. All of my financial clients have my cell phone number. They, they call me nights and weekends. If they have a financial concern, I want to deal with it right away. We also have a great staff that uh, can address uh, many problems uh, right away. If I'm in a meeting or, or with another client, we have full support for whatever they need. That's a great way to build the trust and the communication, and that's a journey together that you're on with the financial journey. Well, you know, that's a great point. People really don't appreciate how important their finances are. Sometimes I find myself uh, in the role of a marriage counselor because oftentimes financial issues are, are the root of conflict, also with parents and children and grandchildren. If we can set up our estates properly and make sure we're managing things well and everyone understands uh, what our goals and objectives are, if we have a plan, everything goes smoother. Where do your clients come from? We have clients all over uh, southeastern Wisconsin. We have a beautiful office there in Wauwatosa, but uh, we have clients who come from, from the greater region, sometimes more than an hour away. When you talk about estate planning, I think a lot of people realize that they need to have a will. But a lot of people are also talking about something called a living trust. What a will is, is essentially instructions to a probate judge. And uh, wills become public. They're decided by a judge. And uh, it can be a very time-consuming process. An alternative to that is a revocable living trust, where people really set up their estates prior to anything happening. Um, The trust is there before and after. It's a much smoother process. We help our clients through that. So many times um, they don't need to uh, go through a probate process at all. 
Any other things that you're looking forward to sharing with people at this seminar? Oh, absolutely. There's a number of things that everyone ought to have. If you don't have a power of attorney for financial and legal setup or a power of attorney for health care, that's something everyone should have immediately. There's also different aspects of insurance and estates that uh, we'll be going over that I think everyone really needs to know. And there, there's no reason to wait. The sooner uh, we put these things together, the better off we all are. You are invited to join Dr. Aaron Armstrong and the Steinbrenner Financial Group at this free seminar. It is September 13th at 6.30 in Menominee Falls at Briscoe County Wood Grill. Absolutely free, but you do want to make sure you register. How do you do that? Absolutely. Anyone interested should please go to our website, steinbrennergroup.com, or they can call our office, 414-266-1900. Again, that's steinbrennergroup.com, 414-266-1900. How long have you been working with clients at Steinbrenner Financial Group. Several years now, and I've I've got to tell you, I find great joy in uh, working with all of my clients. I look forward to their visits, and uh, this is something that uh, we all really enjoy doing. There is no excuse not to get your money questions answered when you have a resource like this in your community. I'm so glad you joined us today. Thank you very much, Sandy. It's been a real pleasure. I'm Sandy Max. You've been listening to The Sunday Sip with Steinbrenner Financial Group Financial Advisor and Wealth Manager, Dr. Aaron Armstrong. Thank you, Sandy. It's 928 and 66 degrees at WTMJ. And welcome back to the final half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. And uh, in about five, six minutes, we're going to be playing a few previews of what you can expect with the Run Bambi Run rock musical at the Milwaukee Rep, which opens in previews later on this week. Right now, though, at 936, Bethany Recovery Center in Oconomowoc is in its first year of assisting women, many of whom are new mothers, and they have substance abuse problems. Well, joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is the Program Director of Bethany, Susan Fisher. And Susan, what are some of the things these women in crisis need? Oh boy, there's so many needs that these women have when they come here. They're coming from very challenging backgrounds of trauma and homelessness and drug addiction, alcohol addiction. Many of them are also pregnant and their their moms, their parents, and their needs are great. How many women do you serve at Bethany? Oh gosh, I would have to double check our data on that. I think we serve, I want to say between 150 and 200 women last year. We were fully operational just a little bit over a year ago, so we were ramping up the number of women that we were serving, but I think that's the approximate figure. What kind of services do you offer? Well, we are a full-service comprehensive residential treatment center. So women who are coming in will be provided a counselor for one-on-one counseling. They have group counseling psychoeducation groups. So they might learn about nutrition or parenting or trauma. They have recreational time. We have a food service person on site. So full nutritious meals, outside activities, outside um, recovery meetings, in-house recovery meetings. It's a full-time job for them while they're here. So we have very comprehensive full services to wrap around them while they're here. And are there children with them? So at this point, we are able to accept newborns and infants up to about probably up to about the time they might be crawling. So they're able to bring their newborns and infants with them, or oftentimes we have women that are pregnant and calm, deliver their babies here, and then bring their babies back to treatment with them. I know you said you're in Oconomowoc, but where do most of these women come from? They're actually from all over the state. We have women that come from as many as five or six hours away for treatment here. On one of our floors, we have an 18-bed floor where we have a contract with the Department of Corrections, and there's agents from all over the state referring their folks here. It takes a lot of money 
to take care of people. And this year, you're sponsoring the first annual Ride for Recovery, and it's going to take place on Saturday, September 16th. Tell us a little bit about this, Susan. Well, we are so excited about this event. So it is a motorcycle initially focused motorcycle ride charity event. Wisconsin Harley-Davidson out here in Oconwalk has been an amazing sponsor for us. We'll be starting and stopping there. We're making a couple of stops on our ride out at the Sullivan Saloon and Knucklehead, so we'll be driving through the beautiful Kettle Moraine. We're going to actually drive through the parking lot here at Bethany Recovery Center so the women can see the support and the riders can see what they're supporting. We've got a full afternoon of events at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Um, Breaking Cadence will be there providing music for three hours. We have raffle items. We have auction items. My downtown business in Oconwalk has provided a $5,000 value vineyard trip for us that we'll be raffling off. We have games and activities at all the stops and back at Harley-Davidson. So it's, it's a motorcycle ride, charity event, and this also larger event with all these other activities. But how many riders are you expecting? Well, our goal is 200 riders, which we understand is an ambitious for our first year run, but the ride co-lead, David and I have been out face-to-face inviting people at lots of charity events and other motorcycle events and clubs and restaurants that are known to cater to them. We're expecting a great turnout. Tell us how we can get more information, not just about the Ride for Recovery, but also the Bethany Recovery Center. We have a website for the ride. It's ride number four recovery. Org. We also have a Facebook page for the ride. And for Bethany Recovery Center, it's bethany.org backslash recovery. One last question, Susan. What kind of feedback do you get from women after they've gone through the recovery program? Well, many of them do stay in touch with us and they let us know how they're doing. They send us pictures of their babies. They tell us about their jobs and the successes that they're having. We actually also have hired one of our former graduates and we're super excited to have her on staff. So we hear a lot of really great things. One of the common themes that I hear from the women that have been here is that our recovery center is very, very different from many of the other treatment centers that they've been in, and it's because of our staff. We have an amazing first-class scholar staff that is just passionate and tireless about what they do, and they provide really high-quality services. Susan Fisher from Bethany Recovery Center, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Libby. It's 941, 66 degrees at WTMJ, and coming up in just a couple minutes... A rock musical makes its debut right here in Milwaukee. We'll tell you about it after this. It's 9.43 on WTMJ. I'm Libby Collins. Well, if you've spent any time at all in Milwaukee or even Wisconsin uh, over the last 30, 40 years, you have probably heard the name Bambi Bimbenic. Well, The Milwaukee Rep has established a reputation for presenting original theatrical shows. And next week, the rock musical Run, Bambi, Run begins its previews. And I asked the Rep's artistic director, Mark Clements, the reason they chose to tell the story of Bambi Bimbenic. I don't think there's anybody who's lived in Wisconsin for any amount of time who is not familiar with the story of Bambi Bimbenic. But when did it get on your radar? And why did you say this could be something? We were doing Lombardi by Eric Simonson, and it was just after the Packers won the Super Bowl. And at the time, you know, we had people like Paul Horning and Bart Starr around the joint and kind of being involved and Vince's daughter. And so it was just really interesting to be part of that and watching Eric Simonson, who'd had a history with the rep prior to me being here under Joe Reddy's tenure. And I was like, what's on your radar? You know, it'd be good to do something new because he was a writer as well as a director. And I was interested in another story. And he said, well, 
there is this story about this person, Laurencia Bambanek, and I went, run, Bambi, run? And he was like, how do you know that? And I was like, I don't know, actually. But I do remember the basic part of the story that this woman was accused of killing the wife of her cop husband who was the ex of Christine Schultz who was murdered tragically in front of her children and there was stuff going on like how she was invited onto Dr. Phil and then ended up jumping off the balcony and having a leg amputated. You couldn't make this stuff up. And if you're going to present a rock musical you need to find the perfect music to match the story. The interesting thing about the musical was like, I said to Eric, I said, well, you know, if it was a musical, who would do the music? And without breathing, he said, the Violent Femmes. Why the Violent Femmes? Because they're a Milwaukee band. There's a number of reasons. It felt to me like that made sense. If you think about the Violent Femmes music, I guess if you had to give them a tag, would it be like folk, punk or indie? But I mean, if you look at Gordon's writing, not just with the Violent Femmes, but with other bands that he's been involved in and his solo career, crosses over gospel bluegrass, R&B, soul, rock, punk. You can't define them with one simple tag. And actually, in terms of the storytelling of this and the characters involved and not fit shoehorning blister in the songs, we're not using any violent femme songs. This is all original music by Gordon Gaynor, which some of it is very identifiable in a way. And then some of it feels like musical theatre and some of it feels kind of a little off wall, which is what Gordon is. And how did Mark Clements, artistic director of the Milwaukee Rep, approach telling the story of convicted murderer Bambi Bambenek in a rock musical? It had to be challenging to not just come up with the story itself, yeah. but how do you figure out at what points to place musical numbers? You can't have someone who's just been accused of murder and may or may not have done the deed break into song or do you well i work from the premise that as a parent myself i look at the murder of christine schultz as a terrible tragedy so i'm coming from a place of respect but you know in terms of where do you place musical numbers the songs if they're narrative driven are just replacing dialogue and narrative but if i ask someone do you know the story and they go oh yeah there's usually a laugh that goes with that oh boy you know and then you'll go what do you know about it each person's story and recollection of that story is different you can hear my entire conversation with Mark Clements from the Milwaukee Rep today at 11, right after the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. Coming up to 947, it's 67 degrees at WTMJ, and you're one minute away from sports with Dominic Catronio. The day is finally here for the Green Bay Packers, week one of the 2023-2024 season, down in Chicago against the Bears at Soldier Field. Kickoff is set for 325 on the new season and the new era, Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback for the Packers. Of note, Romeo Dobbs is listed as questionable with a hamstring, but Christian Watson is out due to his hamstring. As for Jordan Love, his development has been a story for the last few years of camp, and here he is, ready to take the reins in 2023. Obviously, just being behind Aaron, um, seeing him work for three years, and then just growing in the offense. I think, you know, first year, my rookie year, there was a lot of learning on the fly. And when I first got here, it was just a lot of, you know, thinking. My mind was spinning a lot. So it would have been, been a lot to go out there and, and start week one, but, but I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, to be able to sit and learn. I learned a lot over those three years. The Brewers had to deal with a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay before game two of their series with the New York Yankees. The wait. Didn't hurt, but it was a late-arriving offense once again. Tyrone Taylor in the eighth inning with the big blast. 1-0 pitch. Line down the left field line. That's towards the corner, and it is gone. A home run. 
Tyrone Taylor pulled the hands inside on a 97-mile-an-hour sinker, and he puts it out. Jeff Levering on the call here on WTMJ. Of the six homers now for Tyrone Taylor this season, three of them have been tying or go-ahead homers in the seventh inning or later. The Brewers end up winning the game 9-2 to despite that solo homer, and they have now won the series against the Yankees. The finale of that series is today at 12.35 right here on WTMJ. Coverage will begin at noon with the On Deck Show. And the Wisconsin Badgers did not have a great day out west in Pullman, falling 31-22 to the Washington State Cougars. They now fall to 1-1 on the season. As for the rest of the Big Ten, no upsets for the conference. Number 2 Michigan dominates UNLV 35-7. Ohio State over Youngstown State 35-7 as well. Penn State dominated Delaware 63-7. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. It's 950, 67 degrees. We'll have your forecast and also we'll tell you how you can enter a sweepstakes to maybe add to your child's education fund. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Well, we've got some clouds out there today, and we've had isolated sprinkles throughout the morning. Maybe you've got them where you are right now, but maybe not. We're going to get up to 74 degrees today, and then those showers are going to become widespread by late tonight, down to 60. It's going to remain into tomorrow morning. There might even be some isolated thunderstorms, but then by tomorrow afternoon, once again, those Rain showers become scattered, 68 for a high. Tuesday looks partly to mostly cloudy, a chance of scattered showers throughout the day, 68 for a high. Finally, we'll see a little bit of sun on Wednesday and a high of 67. Currently, your temperature in Sockville is 64. Caledonia has 66. Heartland's at 64. We have 67 degrees at WTMJ at 954. And with school underway, thoughts turn to how to pay for college. Joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Cheryl Rapp. She's from the Wisconsin Department of Financial Institutions. And Cheryl, how soon should parents begin saving? You can actually open an account at any time. The earlier you start saving, the more time your money has to actually grow potentially and benefit from compound earnings. What's the maximum you can contribute in a year? $5,000. So a Wisconsin resident who contributes to an Advest account can claim a tax deduction of up to $3,860 per account per beneficiary for the 2023 tax year. But that's if they put the maximum amount of $5,000 into an account. Can anybody contribute to a child's account? Yes. Anyone can contribute to a child's account. It doesn't have to be the account owner. So, for example, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, family, or friends. And we make it actually really easy to do that. We have a platform called YouGift. So when the account owner opens up an account, they get what's called a YouGift code, and they can online seamlessly contribute to that child's account. And once that child is old enough to have a job of their own, can they also contribute? They can contribute into their own account. We recommend this child and student help when they actually get a job to put some money into that account, too. At what point can you start taking money out of the account? We do the 365-day rule. So when money is put in, you have to wait 365 before you can actually take money out. You can withdraw funds at a variety of different higher education, as long as it's an accredited school across the U.S. and even some abroad, public school, private 
colleges, university, technical, trade, community colleges, and actually apprenticeship programs. There's no expiration date of when you need to use the money or pull the money out, as long as it's for education reasons. So it can pay for the big ticket items like your tuition, room, and board, but it also pays for books, fees, if you need a computer, as long as education related. Additionally, the funds can be used for K-12 tuition up to $10,000 a year, or it can actually pay back student loans up to $10,000 over the lifetime. What happens to that money if they don't continue their education? That money is your money, so you can do whatever you want with it. You can keep the account open and continue to contribute money into it in case your child in the future, they can use that fund. Or you can save it for a grandchild, so there's no, you have to take the money out. You can rename the beneficiary to somebody else, a different family member. If you do decide to close the account, which you 100% can, you will be penalized on the interest that occurred from the account, from the money that you put into it, plus a 10% federal tax. So because it's being closed and not used for education, that's the only time that you will have to pay uh, taxes. Then I understand that the College Savings Plans Network has a sweepstakes going on. In celebration of College Savings Month, listeners can participate in the national What Can a 529 Do For You sweepstakes. It's sponsored by the College Savings Plans Network, like you mentioned. It's a month-long nationwide sweepstakes that closes at midnight on September 30th. Listeners can enter by going to collegesavings.org slash sweepstakes, and they can complete the entry form for a chance to win one of nine $529 contributions into either a new or an existing 529 account. There's no purchase necessary to enter or win. Great advice. So if you are looking to add to uh, your savings account for your kid, grandkid, nephew, niece, Again, go to collegesavings.org slash sweepstakes. And who knows, maybe you can get a little extra money in that account. I mean, you know, when you hear about all these students who have these tremendous student loans, uh, it, we're not going to be able to keep up with that forever. So if, your kid, if you think your kid is going to want to further their education, it's really important to make sure they are prepared And to have that money in the bank for them, because otherwise, who knows what's going to happen next. All right, it is going to be a little bit of scattered showers throughout the day. It'll be a fun day with that kickoff at 324 or 325 this morning with the Bears and and the Packers. And we know who we're rooting for. And enjoy the day and have a great watch party. And also, we're going to have coverage starting at... uh, noon today for the Brewers and uh, see how they're doing because we're really excited about that team. Uh, Stick around after the news with Jessica. It is the Accident Mortgage Show right here on WTMJ.